Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the 114th episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about career transition. Listen, I know many of you listening to the show, and maybe the majority are going through a serious transition or will sometime in the next five years. Especially if you transition from the military, this can be difficult if you don't have the right game plan or materials in place. My next guest, Stephen Arango, is a true career warrior. Stephen is an officer of the U.S. Marine Corps, a lawyer, and a dedicated public servant. He is a federal law clerk for U.S. District Judge Fernando Rodriguez, and he previously worked for the U.S. House of Representatives. He is an excellent communicator, having written several articles on foreign policy and international affairs for the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and other publications. Most importantly, he is a public servant who loves to mentor others. As a mentor for service to school, Stephen helps transitioning veterans with their applications, resumes, cover letters, and personal statements. So you'll especially want to listen to this if you've been in the military or currently are in the military. Even if you are a non-military career changer, I'm sure that this episode will have some key takeaways for managing that transition effectively. So let's launch right into it with our Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Steven, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing, Chris? It's great to have you on the show. And I really thought there'd be no better way to open up into this with the concept of creating your own path. Um, I think it's something that a lot of of job seekers are trying to do and having a tough time. But you got this job at the Pentagon with that story that really impressed me. Could you just please open up by talking about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a second year law student at University of Alabama School of Law, and they have a DC externship program. And I knew I wanted to do that, but I wasn't really sure where I wanted to work. And what's great about the DC program is they kind of let you figure out your own plan. So I knew I wanted to work at the Pentagon, but there were no job listings online. They're, you know, the defense.gov website is not super helpful for externs. They've got other things and bigger issues to worry about. So I, sure. went on, I went on LinkedIn and I just started messaging people randomly. Didn't know them. You know, we just had mutual connections and saying, hey, I'm a second year law student. I'm a Marine officer attaches my resume. I want to work in the Pentagon in some sort of legal capacity. Do you know anyone that's hiring? You know, I'm free labor, you know, use me, abuse me, whatever you need to do. I just want to get my <laughs> foot in the door. And after sending out hundreds of messages, I finally got connected with an active duty Marine officer who said, actually, yeah, I do. He connected me with uh, one of the Office of General Counsel, one of their subsections. Um, and there was another office, the International Affairs Office, which I really wanted to work in. But at the time, they had already filled their spot. Well, fortunately, a couple months later, a spot opened. They remembered me. They gave me a call and I was able to fill that position. And a secondary benefit, which was really great, is one of my best friends in law school was able to take my spot in the other legal office and come up to D.C. So none of that would have happened without LinkedIn, without taking the chance of just randomly messaging, yeah. messaging people. And again, these job listings aren't listed. They're, they're nowhere to be found, but they exist. You just have to be willing to ask people to either create yeah. one for you or make it. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to open up with that story is just because like people need to realize the possibilities. Like if you're using LinkedIn to your benefit or these online application platforms, you're quote unquote taking a chance. It is absolutely possible to to get a really good job um, just by doing so. 
And so just to, just to clarify, you were messaging people cold or was there some sort of uh, warm connection or introduction involved? For some people, there was a connection, whether it's my military background or we worked in the same place or went to the same school. But I can tell you a lot of the people I had zero connection. I just, hey, my name's Steven Arango. Um, you know, I go to law school here, attaches my resume. Here's what I want to do. Do you know anyone here? And I, and I always try to be as friendly as possible. And I told people a lot of people didn't respond, but at the same time, a lot of people did respond. And They did respond. Yeah, absolutely. And what I have found over the years is that most people like helping other people. They remember what it's like to be a young professional starting off in your career, and you're just trying to get your foot in the door. So even if they don't know you, they're happy to pass along your resume, make a phone call, say, hey, I've got this you know, go-getter that wants an interview. You know, do you have anything open? So really, people love to help others. And just when you have the opportunity to help others, make sure you give back at the end of the day as well. Fantastic. Love that answer. I, I just want to paint a picture for some of the people listening right now. What would a transitioning member of the military look like? Um, and specifically, I wanted to open up and just give some people some confidence here. Um, it's not easy to make a transition like this, but why should I really be confident in applying for these jobs? What are the sorts of, we'll just call them soft skills that I'm developing within the military that should be able to propel my job search? Right, absolutely. So there's three things that jump off to me when it, whenever I meet uh, a military veteran or active duty, and it's communication, leadership, and discipline. It doesn't matter what branch you are in, what MOS, and MOS, for those of you that aren't aware, is military occupational specialty. That's the job that okay. is done by that uh, active duty or reserve member. You know, regardless of what branch you're in, you have those three soft skills. And those skills apply to any job, any graduate school, or any undergraduate school. And when you get back to the civilian world, whether that's going to professional school or getting back to a civilian job, you're going to realize very quickly that a lot of people out there don't have leadership abilities or as strong as leadership abilities as yourself. They don't have the communication abilities as yourself because you've been speaking in front of officers, enlisted, yep. sailors, Marines, whoever, for four yep. or five years. And the last thing is discipline, waking up at 0500, staying late at the office, PTing, make sure that all your gear is squared away, making sure that you have the ability to get all the jobs and responsibilities that the military gives you done and done well. So with all those soft skills, you should be confident in those and make sure that you don't undersell yourself. You know, don't don't be cocky, obviously, but be confident that you have these soft skills that the civilian world is desperately needs and make sure that you, you know, explain to whether you're, you know, your interviewer, whether it's for school or for a job yeah. that you possess these skills and you possess them in a great deal. Yeah, Stephen, I'm glad you brought that up just because I've coming from my side, I've worked with thousands of of job seekers and primarily these are 99% civilian jobs that we're applying for here but all of those things that you've listed you know the the leadership communication and just being really really on top and, and disciplined i think those are some of the most valuable things out there that every single job out there needs i'm really glad you brought that to light i just think it makes a lot of sense and i think people need to be like you said just not afraid to really showcase those types of things in their applications um, it's easier said than done and we're talking it up like it's, it's the easiest thing, but we'll go into that in a little bit when we talk about getting practical. Yeah. Just before we delve into that, what are some common struggles for those who are applying, uh, for jobs? Uh, so in my time working with service to school and although that's focused on, you know, applying to undergraduate or professional schools, I have seen it for people, friends of mine that are applying for jobs and 
the one biggest thing is underselling yourself as a military veteran and whether that's absolutely inten- whether that's intentionally or unintentionally whether you think oh i didn't go to the you know i didn't go to harvard or you know my job in the military doesn't really translate to the civilian world or some people just unintentionally you know they don't again for lack of better words brag about themselves or brag about their jobs enough so with all that said you know go out there and sell yourself if your job in the military is different than the job you're applying to in the civilian world, that's okay. Talk about how the skills that you gained in the military translate to that civilian job. Like I said, the leadership, the communication skills, the discipline. Make sure that whoever your commanding officer, or whoever's writing your letter of recommendations can explain and translate the job you did in the military into civilian words. And if they can't, sit down with them. You know, Try to walk through it. Help them get through it. I know a lot of military commanders have you know, junior officers or junior, you know, enlisted Marines or whatever, write their own letter of recommendation. And then they put, you know, the type of language or they kind of, you know, make it sound how, how they would write down the road. So with all that said, do everything you can to translate your skills that you gain to the civilian world and don't undersell yourself by any stretch of the imagination. Don't undersell yourself. I think that's a great theme that we need to hit home here. So let's walk these veterans or let's say future veterans through some steps they can take to prepare themselves for these jobs. Um, really let's just say that I have some time to myself and I have no clue where to start. Um, it's a blank slate in your opinion, Steven, what's step one for getting my my application ready for getting application ready. You know, most people start with their resume. So, you know, I'd say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, trying to get, what did you do in the military? And for people that are still in the military or any other job, it's always easier to work on your resume little by little than right when you're about to apply for a job and think, Oh, what have (laughs) I done for the last 10 years? Because I can tell you I've done that and you're stressing, you make mistakes every time that, you know, you complete something that you think is significant in your job or you get a new responsibility or new title, update your resume. It takes five minutes on the weekend and just do that. So then when you do apply for a new job or you think, Hmm, I do want to transition out of the military, it's ready to go. Yeah, and I'll I'll just cut in there right now. Like, yes, update your update your resume and don't let it be a don't be afraid to let the phrasing be bad or awful. Just get it down on paper so that way you don't forget later. I think that's a really good advice right there. Exactly, and have a master resume too. I always have at least two resumes going, so I have one that might be four pages long and it's got everything. But every time yep. you apply for a job or a school or a fellowship or whatever, your resume is not going to stay the same. You know, each employer does not want to see the same skills. They may want to see different articles you've written or different leadership positions. So having one master resume where you collect everything you've done in your life, and then you'll have a second resume that you're going to tailor for that specific job. Okay, great. And so when I, I'm trying to get my targeted resume done, where should I really start in making sure that it's it's targeted towards these jobs? You know, I give a lot of advice on content specifically um, in terms of being targeted, but I think it's hard when you're transitioning from the military because you want to make sure that you have all the right transferable skills, but I guess how can it remain targeted? I guess it's just, it's that simple of a question. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of great organizations out there. I know there's one specifically that helps out military veterans with their resumes. And I apologize, the name is escaping me, but if you type in military transition resumes into Google, I'm sure it's the first one that pops up, but what they help you do, and I can, I'll get the link for the podcast for, for later, but what they do is you provide them everything you've done in the military. You know, if you worked in human resources, you tell them that and they help take that language and translate it to civilian terms. Because a lot of times the terms used in military 
are not identifiable or understandable to the civilian world. And it's a lot of great information and you've done a lot of great work. But if a civilian employer doesn't understand what you did, it's meaningless. And so you're basically the equivalent of someone that's not prepared or doesn't have the experience for the job. So what you have to really focus on is, yes, you did great work, but are you explaining it in a way that the civilian world is going to understand? And whether you use an organization like service to school or the one I just mentioned, you sit down with other veterans that have transitioned or you use, you know, let's eat grandma or any other type of tool. Just make sure you're very focused on the idea that they have to understand your resume. That's so important. I say the same thing for people, regardless of whatever, whatever industry you're in, if you're applying for these technical positions, a lot of the times the people that are looking at your resume aren't going to have that technical knowledge anyway. So I tell people, Uh, I'm trying not to say dumb it down, but that's essentially what I'm going for. You want to make sure you're simplifying your phrasing and your language in a way that the people who make the decisions um, know exactly what you're talking about. So absolutely. And give your resume to a friend that may be unfamiliar about your job, especially if they're a civilian friend and see if they can understand your resume. It should be in plain English. I what always, you know, one of my pet peeves is when I see any type of writing and this includes resumes that you can tell they opened the thesaurus and tried to find the biggest words possible. That does not (laughs) impress me. Thesaurus.com is accessible by anyone with a computer or iPhone. I am impressed when people can take a complex job or complex responsibility and they have watered it down so much to plain English that I could take it to a high schooler and they would read that and they'd say, oh yeah, I know exactly what they did. That's impressive and they did it well. That's all you're trying to portray. And so using fancy words is meaningless and just don't even waste your time doing it. Do you have a rule of thumb for how long my bullets should be or how long my each individual section should be? So I don't know if I have a hard and fast rule. I think every job is different. I use paragraphs. That's just a stylistic thing. I know everyone's different and that's something you just have to figure out yourself. But I would say my longest paragraph is four and a half, five lines and anything more, you're just getting two words. And that's probably four sentences or five sentences. So yeah, that's, that's the equivalent of three or four bullet points. I would say you wouldn't believe how many long resumes I've seen that just, you don't want to read the entire thing just because it's just chunks of text. So I agree with you. You got to make it simple and four or five lines, I think is perfectly fine. That's perfect. And I think your resume also, what it's also showing me is, are you a good communicator? Because if you can take a lot of information and synthesize it and make it into bite chunks of information, three or four sentences, that immediately gives me the idea, okay, they can take difficult tasks, difficult responsibilities and communicate it well to someone that doesn't understand what they did. So again, even though that may not get you the job, it's just one more feather in your cap that, okay, this person is a good communicator. They can process information and explain it well. Let's see what else they can do. And maybe they look at your cover letter next. Perfect. Yeah, I got it. That's actually where I was headed with this. I don't want to ask a leading question here, but do you think the cover letter is still relevant? And if so, then how do you think it can specifically be used for transitioning veterans to land them that job? I think it can be relevant sometimes. And I know that's such a lawyer answer, but I'm a lawyer, so I have to give it. (laughs) It Uh, depends. (laughs) It depends. Exactly. Exactly. So if you have a really close connection with an employer, for example, you know, the judge I'm working for, he worked for International Justice Mission, which is a a wonderful Christian organization that does work all over the world for uh, slave trafficking and trying to combat it. And so I was in love with that organization. I have a lot of friends that work for it, and I just was really impressed that he did that work before becoming a federal judge. So in my cover letter, I mentioned that that was something that really stood out to me. 
But if it's just a boilerplate cover letter that's basically saying the exact same thing as your resume, I don't know how much value that's adding. I mean, obviously turn in a cover letter, but if you can find a connection to that company, to that person that's doing your interview, that's where a cover letter can stand out. If you went to the same 100%, undergraduate, absolutely. If you went to the same undergraduate institution as you know the the CEO or your interviewer or you know your dad worked or your mom worked for the company for twenty years, put that in the cover letter because again, even though that's not going to get you the job, it's that human connection, and it's hard to find that human connection by just looking at a resume. And I do think that's where the cover letter can be valuable. Yeah, it's there's a lot of debate on the cover letter and for good reason. It's become for so many people this outdated thing, but I just don't think that there are enough people out there that are submitting good cover letters in general and I think the those who actually do submit a good concise uh cover letter that's specific towards the position or the job you're applying for, that's when you can really win someone over and really push yourself over to that yes pile. So I would I would definitely echo what you said about making sure that it's specific and targeted for the job you're applying for. I think that's 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 where it's at. Okay, so we have the resume, the cover letter. You mentioned LinkedIn and I know you're a LinkedIn guy. So how would you how would you recommend I start on LinkedIn, especially if I'm someone who hasn't even touched the thing or even looked at mine in a while? Yeah. So if you have you know, if you've never started, go open a profile. You know, go track down some profiles that you know are well organized. You can look up Fortune 500 CEOs or you know Google best LinkedIn profiles or how to format it, and you'll find a lot of great ideas out there. And then just start tinkering with it. You don't have to do it overnight, but upload your resume, put your information on there, start connecting with people. And for veterans out there, LinkedIn offers one year of free premium subscription. Take it; it's free. All you do is sign up your name, and the premium subscription allows you to send messages to basically anyone you want. It allows you to connect with a lot different people that you wouldn't have access to. And I can tell you, I use the premium subscription for free when I was getting my Pentagon job. And there's a lot of connections that you can't directly reach out to without the premium subscription. But I was able to make a lot more high level contacts, contacts, excuse me, when I had that premium subscription. So it is definitely worthwhile. There's not a lot of subscriptions that I'm a fan of, but I will say that LinkedIn does a good enough job where I think it's worth it. So that's a question I actually get a lot, um, especially over the past year as LinkedIn's grown. So you're saying that if I do get LinkedIn premium, it makes it easier for me to reach people. And and why why is that specifically? So the way that LinkedIn is organized, they have second and third connections. So if you have a second connection, sometimes you can send them, I think they call it in-mail. But if they're a third connection and you try to connect with them, sometimes they require you to know their personal email or the only way you can send them a message is if they accept your connection. But when you have the premium subscription, you right. have ways to directly communicate that you wouldn't if you don't have the subscription. So you definitely have to look into whether it's yep. valuable for you, but there are benefits to it. And once you research it, I think you'll realize it can be a, a helpful tool for your job search and reaching out to people. Perfect. And everyone listening, you're not hearing this from me here, the LinkedIn obsessed person you're hearing this from someone else. Uh, both of us do not get paid by LinkedIn to to pitch these messages. So um, I think that's an important call out. Okay, so resume, cover letter, LinkedIn. Clearly, there are other aspects of the job search. There are things like personal statements, you know, thank you notes and other written documents. Um, the one I really want to delve into is is more nebulous, I would say. It's your job search strategy. How would you recommend veterans spend their actual time when they're on their job search um, when it comes to applying? Yes, yeah, so I don't know if there's any you know statistical breakdown, 60% you know, on LinkedIn, 20% sure. here, but just see what's working for you. You know, When I was looking for jobs, I wasn't going maybe to networking conferences as much, but I did have opportunities for 
example, in law school, I went to this thing called the Hispanic National Bar Association, and they had a lot of tech and startup uh, people represented there, and especially general counsel and legal counsel. So if you were, you know, wanted to get in the tech world and you were a lawyer, I would say, yeah, absolutely. Go to that conference, pay the $100 fee and go, you know, network the bejesus out of it and keep those cards, follow <laughs> up because when you do apply to Google or LinkedIn or whatever, you can reach back out to that person and say, hey, we met here. I applied. Just wanted to give you a heads up. If you could maybe give a heads up to the interviewer that we met, um, that would be really great. So those connections are invaluable. And you shouldn't be making those connections simply just to use that person. You should be simply, you know, making a relationship, being invested. But, you know, again, it's something that down the road can be helpful, although not immediately. Always sure. keep those conversations going. And on the flip side, hopefully one day you can return the favor and, and help them out. And, you know, maybe they have a mentor, a mentee that's looking for a job. So don't think of it as transactional. It's, you know, networking is building relationships. That's how I look Thank at you. it. That's, that's what your focus is. You know, sure, that person may be able to help you, but they may not. And you're just trying to create a connection with them as a human being. And hopefully, again, down the road, you will be able to pay it forward, you know, 10 or 100 times more. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That's one of the things that I wish the older Chris knew was don't be so transactional, transaction minded or so outcome dependent when it comes to networking. In fact, if it's one thing that's going to screw up your entire networking game, it's just to have that mentality of I have to have something from this networking event or, or even worse from this interaction. So the less you can think about that and the more you can just put your best foot forward and realize that it's more of a long term brand awareness, personal brand awareness approach. Um, I think people will reap more of the benefits of networking. So don't, don't always expect something to come into return when you're attending these events, like just put your best foot forward and it will come back to you. Absolutely. And then, you know, that goes to LinkedIn. So if you're trying to get a job with, a, you know, working in government, you know, reaching out to someone directly, if you can't find a job listing and saying, Hey, you know, yep. this isn't online, but I'm very interested in this. Do you know anyone that's hiring? Do you know any other agencies that are hiring like this? Uh, if not, can you keep me in mind? Or if you apply somewhere and you have a connection that knows someone, or you can just cold message someone and say, Hey, I know you don't know me, but I know you guys get a ton of applications. I just wanted to try to connect with someone so that you can make the interviewer aware or whoever reviews the resumes that I applied. I'm you know, extremely interested. And I also wanted to pass along my resume to you. Even just a heads up, like, <clears throat> Hey, you know, John Smith applied. He reached out on LinkedIn, very interested in this job. Just wanted to bring him up. Even subconsciously, what that's going to do to the interviewer is say, oh, well, wow, they're, they're pretty into this. Let's, let me give a second look to their resume or really focus. Because when you're reviewing thousands of resumes, even that just small thing that stands out like, oh, John Smith, the guy down the hall mm -hmm. mentioned him. Let me, let me take a look at that. That can be the difference of them noticing, oh, he was in the military or, oh, she did X, Y, and Z. Or it can be the difference of someone just scanning it quickly and just, ah, you know, I'm not interested. So those are very significant moments, even though they seem small. Yeah, absolutely. So, Stephen, what is the biggest mistake that transitioning veterans make when applying for jobs? You may have said it earlier when you talked about the, the fact that you're underselling themselves. But I just think that might be a point worth bringing up again. Um, what is that biggest mistake? Yeah, absolutely. So I, what I see from a lot of people and service to school applicants applying to schools, people applying to jobs. It's the same thing across the board. They, again, they undersell themselves. They think, oh, you know, I, I can't apply for this job. I didn't, I don't have the, you know, the requirements. That's okay. A lot of people don't have the requirements that get certain jobs. If ask them, are they willing to make an exception or apply and see if they'll interview you? 
Um, you know, you have a lot of great skills coming out of the military. Use those to your advantage. Be confident in the skills that you have. And there's a great quote by Richard Branson that if someone asks you to do something, say yes, and then figure out how to do it later. And this goes for, I think, anyone, but especially <laughs> veterans. Veterans are incredible. They're bright, they're intelligent, they're hardworking, they're innovative, they're creative, they're everything. And so if you're thrown into, you know, into a job that you don't know how to do, you'll figure it out. You're smart enough, you're capable enough, you're a good communicator, you're a good leader, yep. you've got discipline, you have all the required skills, now it's just putting in the effort. You may have to stay late a couple nights, you may have to come in on the weekends, but you have all the necessary soft skills to figure out that job. So apply for the job that you want, not for the job that you think you can get, because I can guarantee you, you will find the job or you will get the job that you want. You just have to keep plugging away, use all these resources, and just don't give up until you get the one that you really desire. I love that. I'm going to take the last 20 seconds there, make a video of it, and just repeat it over and over again, because I think people need to hear that message. Like, they really do. And um, you're I've probably used his his name, you know, one too many times and used him as an example too many times here. But one of my favorite clients I've ever gotten um, for our business actually was a veteran. And he absolutely did exactly what you're talking about, which is he didn't undersell himself. Um, we worked together on his resume and we found the things in the military that really made him special and a unique uh, candidate for the positions he was applying for. He wasn't necessarily ready and I say not ready um, because he didn't have the experience required for the position, but he knew he was ready. He knew he had the skill set and the capability and the diligence to make it happen. And you know what? He did. He ended up getting the job. He believed in himself, and that was the most important thing. Um, and he didn't just settle for the job just because it was a job. This was something he really genuinely cared and was passionate about. So the fact I think that you've said, you know, just to keep focused and, and to be confident. I think that's one of the biggest key takeaways we can give people uh, for this episode. Thank you so much so far. This has been great. This is, this is my favorite question to ask here, but if you can tattoo one encouraging message for every single veteran or future veteran dealing with job search difficulty, what would that message be? Ooh, be confident. You have, I keep, I keep saying it, you know, don't undersell, be confident, all these cliches. So I apologize, but seriously, you've done incredible things. It doesn't matter what your MOS, what your job was, you know, whether you deployed or you were stateside the whole time, whether you've been in a combat zone or not, you served in the military, which is a great honor and a great legacy and a great thing to do. You have gained so much experience and so much wisdom and just incredible skills that the civilian world just desperately needs. And so be confident that whatever job you want to do, you can do it. It may take a lot of legwork. It may take 150 applications. It may take, you know, staying up in the middle of the night and LinkedIn messaging random people all over the world. Mm -hmm. But if you're driven enough and you put in the time, I promise you, you will get that job. Awesome. Steven, you've been such a great guest so far. I just want to know how people can find out more about you and uh, yeah, how can people stay in contact? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a personal website. It's just stevenarango.com. My spelling, I'm sure, will be on the podcast somewhere. Same spelling. Um, you can reach out to me via LinkedIn on there. You can message me. There's an email, you know, part on the on the website. I'm always happy to to mentor people. I'm I'm never never too busy. You know, I will find time because I wouldn't be where I am today without mentors. You know, I've been very blessed by God, by my family, and people just being genuinely happy to help me. 
everything I've done in my life has been a blessing. And again, if I can give back just one tenth of what people and, you know, God has given me, then I will, you know, hopefully, you know, feel like I've at least given back something. And that's what I'm trying to do. Just any chance I get to give back, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Perfect. You really, you really drive it home with the whole public servant thing. I just got to say that right now. That's, that's amazing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, everything that I've been able to do, and I've had a lot of cool opportunities, you know, going to law school, one of my mentors now and good friends who taught me or showed me service to school, he was in Harvard Law at the time, had no idea who he was. Now he's in the Navy JAG Corps, Harvard Law graduate, one of the smartest guys I know. I reached out to him on LinkedIn, random, you know, some nobody at a no, no name school in South Carolina, and he responded. And a friendship was struck. And now, you know, we, we're, we're just good friends and he's a mentor and I look to him for advice. And again, those are the relationships you create by connecting with people. Yeah. Human beings are incredible. And so just don't be afraid to ask for help because trust me, all of us need it. That's awesome. And I, I genuinely say this here right now on the show right now, but I hope you and I can stay in contact even beyond this episode right here. And I found, you know, some of, some of my favorite people have been past podcast guests and we still do stay in contact, especially on LinkedIn. So Um, Thanks for being on the show and please let's continue to stay in touch and see how we can help each other out. Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Perfect. And so for those of you who are listening, jogging, driving and doing anything, we want you to be safe and make sure that you pull over at a point later. I'm going to put the links that were described within the show. So um, how to reach Stephen as well as that military resume resource as well. That's going to be in the description. Just want to give you every resource available to help you out with your job search and want to make sure that you can thrive and move forward. If you found this episode to be useful, we also have episode two, which is navigating career transitions, which also might be relevant for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you on Monday. This was the Career Warrior Podcast.